0: This is the actually correctly identified Pharaoh Wizards. I am Alvin, aka Dr. Feel Average. And I'm Mike,
1: or Two Long Farts. And hey, 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 this is Justin, aka Vibralux. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Justin is our special guest for our season finale. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hey. I run the, uh, the Instagram page for you guys. Yep. Because
0: I don't know how to I don't know how to sign up for it. I, I tried, but I already I already created one, and I I can't I can't look at it. So it's weird. So I'm assuming I, I know we have an Instagram page, and it has some good content that I
1: see, but not directly on the Instagram page. Well, we do what we can on this end. Yeah, and by we, that's me. <laughs> we are a well-oiled
0: machine of disconnected parts. <laughs> So, what are we doing in this episode? We're not doing a review, obviously. Uh, we're going to look back on basically all the games we played thus far and kind of talk over the season. And then we have a little bit that we kind of hinted at in the last episode about cheat codes, our favorite cheater games for cheaters. Yes. So, we all came up with a list of our three favorite games to cheat at and we're just gonna basically talk about that i don't know where it's gonna go it's kind of a new new concept for the whole thing so we'll see where it goes so i guess to start things off top game of the year season here was uh donkey kong right i think yeah 73 percent.
2: so yeah Donkey Kong was our top game, seventy-three percent. We'll just let's just break down the whole list. I'll just do it one to twenty for for giggles, because you know why not. So number two was The World Is Not Enough, double seven. That was a seventy-two percent. Number three was NWO, That was seventy-one point five percent. Number four was Extreme G at sixty-eight point five percent. Number five was Conquer at sixty-seven point five percent. So big, strong top five. Six, Knockout King, 65.5%. Seven, All-Star Baseball 2001 at 65%. Eight, Destruction Derby at 57.5%. Nine was NHL 99, 53%. Number 10 was Star Soldier, Vanishing Earth at 52.5%. 11 was Rugrats in Paris at 46.5%. 12 was Rampage 2 at 45%. Uh, 13 was Penny Racers, 43.5%. QB Club 98 was number 14. That's 42.5%. Hexen is number 15. That's 36%. F1 Pole Position, 32%. Uh, Number 17, Twisted Edge, 31.5%. Number 18 was Paperboy at 31%. And then the bottom two, Powerpuff Girls... Chemical extraction was twenty two point five, and our worst game of the season—no surprise—was Cruising USA at a whopping seventeen point five percent of the points.
1: Boo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not a fan of Cruising USA being
1: at the bottom. Um, no, I'm in agreement with you guys. <laughs> oh, although, <laughs> although I will still play it in an arcade form. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. We we uh
0: I still remember it in its arcade form so it was it was definitely hard for me to say it was terrible that one's yeah. good that one's gonna hold up a lot because honestly some of these games were really really bad and they still scored higher on our scale than cruising did so it's gonna be yeah, hard so, to
1: get worse. So looking at that list um, just as a breakdown is there any way that you guys would rearrange that um, just based on impressions alone and some time that's passed since you've played those games? Mm.
2: I got that's one. A- baseball is better than knockout kings. Knockout kings scored a half point better than baseball. Baseball is better, and that's my fault.
0: That is absolutely your fault, and I made that <laughs> abundantly clear as you reviewed it poorly. But you're right, probably. But you know what? We we got to stick by the guns. We're gonna we're gonna keep this list as is. Maybe yeah,
2: with no rearranging yet no. at this point.
0: Also, yeah. WCW I
2: think is better than The World Is Not Enough. Maybe as a whole, it's a more enjoyable game. It's I'll probably get more play out of it longevity wise, but World Is Not Enough had graphics and story, and that's the same way that Cruising USA is the worst. Cruising USA had not one redeemable quality about it, not one thing to save it from the bottom of the list. Didn't have anything, one category that was good enough to drag it up over Powerpuff Girls. So the same way things are at the bottom is the same reason that that 007 game is at the top. So
1: So Cruisin' Exotica exists for the Nintendo 64, is that correct? Yep. Are you looking forward to that or is it going to be lumped in with, uh, you know, the USA? No,
2: I think it's better. I even think Cruising World is probably better too. That's on this system too. So we got two more cruising games to get the franchise out of the gutter, but it definitely wasn't this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, this one was a this one was a weird port. So because they ported it before they had all the tools to actually like before they even knew how the N64 was going to work. So it was it was a bit of a a rush job, and it shows. So. I imagine they fixed that in later ones, but I don't know. I haven't played them yet, so I hope they did because I don't want to play it again. <laughs> I don't know. For me, I probably... I still feel bad about Conquer, but it's too damn expensive. Like, 60 bucks is too much money for Conquer on N64, so it's got to be where it is because we do include that as part of our metric, but if not for that it would be higher on the list and i don't but i don't know if i would move it up ahead of the games that are ahead of it i just might give it a couple points more
2: do you think it's better than extreme g
0: um is it better or did i like it more because i like extreme g more but conquer's probably a better game do you think
2: it's a better game than WWNWL? Eh, no, not really. Okay, so then the absolute most that as a group we could move it up would be one spot anyway. So I'm not right. hurt by that at all.
0: <laughs> right? Like I don't know. It just it felt wrong taking a game like that that was like so beloved. I mean, judging by what we've reviewed so far, it's still relatively high. It's top five, but it also I don't know. It It felt a little bit wrong giving it under 70, but I eh. just think, had I done All-Star Baseball higher, that might have
2: knocked Conquer out of the top five, and do you think All-Star Baseball is a better game than Conquer? You rated it better.
0: I sincerely do. I thought that the baseball game was well done, and I just, I think I prefer sports games as a whole, so yeah, I would probably have rated it higher regardless, but hey, that's why we have two people scoring it, so we get that average. Well, that, and so it's just not one of us talking about this the entire time. That's the real reason we have two, but we're pretending it's for our integrity purposes and not entertainment value.
2: Yeah, not longevity of the podcast. Justin, is there any game... So you said you played some of these games, but not all of them, but you've been, obviously, as one of the Pharaoh Wizards, you follow along pretty
1: pretty well oh, yeah any of these I'm games ready, that you like listen.
2: really love
1: um i mean rampage for me was a rampage two is what you guys played and reviewed um i just like those button bashers kind of mindless um you don't have to focus too much on the the shortcomings that kind of come along technologically with where we are today and it's just uh all around enjoyable you guys hit it a little low for me but hey that's just one man's opinion
0: <laughs> well you're not the only one there were other people who had that same opinion and I I guess I I guess I kind of understand because it's not it's not it's not as I guess not fun as we rated it it's just I don't know there's too much of it like well, right and I if, wanted to be done if... with it after like five levels but there's like 70 levels so
1: (laughs) it's definitely an arcade quarter eater or token eater depending on where you're playing um but yeah i guess if there was nostalgia factored into the point rating it'd be all over the place and not really a great uh indicator of of the game's value today um but you know there's a little bit of nostalgia for for me and rampage 2 at least and um yeah i guess that's probably why i'm a little bit hurt
2: (laughs) I know that feeling, Justin. My nostalgia is terrible and not a good indicator of where games should be scored on our no, list. No, no, no. So. <laughs>
1: it's
0: it's still gonna be a real gut punch when we actually have to review Quest sixty four and you're gonna be like, This game's really only <laughs> like a fifty. <50? laughs> but I spent a whole possibly up to four years talking this game up. <laughs> you think it's gonna be a gut punch like I don't play it every year? You don't but play, I play- it every year.
2: I have eight
0: copies right now. I promise you I play it. <laughs> I'm not convinced you play any game that we're not reviewing.
1: <laughs> and that begs the question, why do you have eight copies?
2: I buy one every time I see it in the wild. I have sold a few because they went up in value. And I want to buy a sealed copy at some point here. So it's like a slush fund of quest in, quest out kind of thing.
0: You quest in, are th- quest out. You are the worst collector. Like, That's a possibility. You, <laughs> you, you would like collect Funko Pops, but you would just buy the same Funko Pop, like 50 of them and just have a whole wall of them. Which but then, then talk, about, impressive, but... talk about how it's the best one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, I did see Funko Pops at uh, one of the thrift stores we were at the other day, and it was just Daggett from the Angry Beavers, and they had like 14 of them. I had to I had to pull myself back and not buy every single one of them while I was there. <laughs> cuz <'Cause> that's
0: <laughs> that's so weird. Were they like new in box?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they were. But they had a really ugly like thrift store sticker that was <laughs> like etched, etched into them, so I didn't I didn't even buy one cuz if I was going to buy one, I was just going to spend all $15 and buy all of them. So
0: you could just you could pump that value up just eBaying them to yourself. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to peel those stickers off. <laughs> I can't believe they put stickers on them. <laughs> like, they're everything. Value, their only value is collectability, and they're like, sticker. Fuck them. <laughs> I also found Halo
2: 4, the super fancy box edition at a thrift store and it was that one that we have in the valley here that's notorious for writing on things with markers and crayons and uh (laughs) they definitely wrote on the front cover with a black ass crayon and i had to sit and meticulously get the crayon off of the cover of the box
1: it's 2020 who still does that (laughs) <laughs> I won't call Wait. them out by name. No,
2: do it. <laughs> Fox Valley Thrift that. Shop. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not surprised. Yeah,
0: I went to I went to a local place here in in good old Oshkosh called Mojo's, and there I I was just curious to see what they had for N sixty four, and it is a wasteland there. Like they only had like six dollar games out, and it was like. Ken Griffey Jr. and NASCAR one of the NASCAR games and they were all like six bucks and I'm like huh I mean they had a bunch of controllers and I know they actually like rebuild the controllers there so they're, they're usually good so that's kind of why usually why I would stop by there and look at something but I was just curious about games and yeah I don't know either either the market is absolutely devastated even in the local level or they just don't have any N64 I don't know they don't buy anything at
2: any sort of value there either not to call them out but they'll like they so nobody trades anything in there anymore like there's just better stores around and i don't think they actively go out looking for anything whereas the other local stores will actively buy lots of games from national pages or you know people they know i don't i just don't think they do anymore i think they're more interested in books and vinyl and stuff like that
0: Yeah, they move a lot of other media through that through that particular store. So you're right, though. They never have a huge selection of games, other than PS2. That's really all they have, and it's probably just because they're not selling there a lot of it. But yeah, it's you're right. It's just convenient because it's on Main Street, and everyone
1: else is not. So, so here's a question, uh, Mike. Uh, because you're you're the man with the with the cartridges, the big collector here. Uh what's the most expensive game and is it the most expensive because it's simply rare or is it that good of a game?
2: Like the most expensive one I own or just on the N64 uh in today's market? Well, the most expensive ones that are not variant carts, so not like gray, not, you know, not not for resale weird things. The most expensive one is Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut. I think that's pushing 550-600 bucks right now for a loose one. Um, we own that as the Pharaoh wizards.
1: Dang. (laughs) We,
2: and then, then after that would be super bowling, which is in that like three to $400 range, which it's fluctuating quite a bit, but, but we have that too. And then after that is, uh, I believe stunt racers, the next one, the third most expensive. And I just recently got that maybe three or four months ago on a trade and that's the same thing that's about 300 bucks somewhere in that neighborhood
0: you got but that the, for a song on the trade though didn't you
2: yeah well i traded a bunch well i actually got some stuff with it too so i oh. even better was the stuff i got with it but yeah um wow. those games are expensive but they're not even that's not even close the most expensive there's uh like Yoshi story great cart not for resale that's i think i just saw one post on a national board for like 1200 dollars, maybe wow so what because... makes it not for resale that's uh, that's just it. It's just got the not for resale red stamp on the front of it. Like it came, it was a promotional copy that came with something. It was not a U.S. release. It was a Japanese release, but it had English writing on it. Like it had English. It just said it would look like the Yoshi Story cart, but was gray, and then not for resale stamp. So the label is wow. a little different. But those wow. I, I've only always seen one of those sell since I started collecting N64, and I. I had to look at my wife and see if it was okay if I bought it, and she <laughs> gave me the okay. But I, that her saying that it's okay doesn't make it okay. So <laughs> other than What's that, I mean, like, there's there's Majora's Mask gray cartridge, not for resale. Those are expensive. There's, I mean, there's tons and tons of variant cards. But to like fully answer your question, it has almost nothing to do with, um, like. I guess scarcity plays some part in it, but it's it's more. I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't it doesn't just go on scarcity, because like you can have expensive games like Goldeneye. A Goldeneye seal still goes for a few hundred bucks. The same with like Final Fantasy VII. That sold what eleven million copies. A sealed Final Fantasy VII game is like seven and eight hundred bucks. So it's it's still it has to carry it has to carry some sort of sentimental value to go along with it. So like the Yoshi story, the Zelda games, those are games people love. So the not for resales for those are just incredibly expensive and they're rare that, I mean, it's not, not to say that they aren't rare, but people also love the games because there's not for resale. Perfect dark. I saw one of those locally here and it was like $70. It's, I mean, it's rare, but everybody owns perfect dark. Not everybody needs the not for resale one. So,
1: So what's the cheapest game you've ever seen? I mean, in today's market, is there one that's just like, Hey, for pennies on the dollar, you can have this and uh, it's a paperweight. Honestly,
2: all, I mean, there's a ton of sports games, (laughs) but like (laughs) uh, I believe Madden 98 is the one that consistently comes up the cheapest. Uh, And I don't know why. I mean, you, but you could add any sports game into that at any point. Um, so nba live is always cheap 99 the 99 one is always cheap i mean a lot of times they're just almost free like people throw them in the lots just to like say they have that they're selling 10 games instead of five games (laughs) when there's only five good games so and the other four madden 98 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as far as like weird games that are cheap, there's lots of um, like games that you don't normally see that are still relatively inexpensive. Um, like there's Hydro Thunder is a blue cart.
1: Oh, but I love you can Hydro get Hydro Thunder.
2: <laughs> you can get that in a not for resale gray uh, for under 50 bucks. I mean, there's Mario Party not for resale, Star Fox not for resale. Those sell all the time for under $100. So even though they're like super rare, you know, like, because they are. They're hard to find they're just not not so rare that people
1: are dropping bank to buy them i gotcha so where does game shark fall into this um game shark We're is actually cheating yeah I, I own all three versions there's
2: three versions <laughs> on the n64 there's version one and then 2.0 and then 3.1 or whatever and uh they're notorious for not working so if anybody's gonna buy a game shark uh i would guess it would be smart if it's from a private sale to have somebody like take a video of it with a game plugged in because it could light up and still not work um they just break they break over a while that you know because you're putting a cart you're jamming that game shark into your system and you're jamming a cart on top of it there's all sorts of things that go wrong in the circuitry inside of it and stuff so but um, yeah, they're cool, especially if you want to play Japanese games because you can just plug a Game Shark in, and then put the Japanese game on top. Because the only thing stopping you is the shape of the cartridge. Because that's how Nintendo sixty four rolls is just make cartridges slightly different shapes. So you can't play them.
1: Yeah, and I was looking into the Game Shark a little bit today, uh, just uh, prior to this podcast. So um, there's a lot of ha- almost hacking that the Game Shark um, provides to the N sixty four, which is kind of fun to get into. There's a lot of it almost seems like coding, um, but does the game chart go as far as to translate Japanese into English in any of those games? I have never tried to.
2: I do own some Japanese games. We haven't. We haven't decided how far we're going to go with reviewing Japanese games. We might do a couple as like a special, but I haven't tried to translate them. We have popped a couple in and turned them on and played them, but. That hasn't really come up yet, and I haven't really tried to do it. We were actually talking about getting Japanese games that we knew we wouldn't have to translate, like baseball games. Um, There's a Fire Pro Wrestling game, which is eerily similar to WrestleMania 2000, but has all the Japanese uh, wrestlers in it. I don't think I would need translation for that. We could probably jump right in, and it's got the same control scheme and stuff like that. But if it does translate, cool. I don't think that it does, though.
0: Hmm. the um a lot of times if there is something like that available the the game shark isn't necessarily changing the code it's accessing code that is normally not accessible so if a game let's say for localization they have the japanese and the english language on one cart but for some reason they don't make it accessible in both regions you might be able to access it with a game shark i don't know of a game specifically that does that but it's it's usually not. I mean, sometimes it's a modification of the code because sometimes it just takes a. You're just basically switching around, you know, one piece of the code and putting it somewhere else, and that's how a lot of these, like, put this character in here that normally wouldn't be there type thing works. But uh, mostly, what the what the Game Shark does is allows you to get around the operating system of the uh, console, so you can you can do all those little roundabout things and kind of explore the code where you normally wouldn't be able to so it's I, I don't know of a specific game though that can that has translated features that you can't access through normal means specifically at least and honestly like, like ROMs
2: at this point are just a better I mean we don't I don't support repros in a way where I think you should be dumping money you know, at people making fake carts, but games like Animal Crossing that didn't get a localization, like you can get a completely translated Animal Crossing cart on Etsy or on eBay for like 30 or 40 bucks. So there are people that go all of their way to take care of that stuff previous to you buying it. The same with Fire Pro Wrestling. That's a popular enough game. I'm pretty certain I saw translated copies for like $60. So if that's something that you really want, you honestly could probably find it without that. It just wouldn't be a... It wouldn't be a traditional copy of the game. It would be somebody did the work for you. So,
1: Now, remind me, I know the Game Genie for Super Nintendo came with, uh, I think it was damn near like a phone book of codes <laughs> that you had to in- input in. Did the Game Shark come with a little pamphlet or a, a handout or like a... I think a it came with a style.
2: I haven't seen a complete copy. Pretty certain it came with a CD, though, on this one for you to put oh. into your computer. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. The platforming. Uh,
0: yeah the pl- the PlayStation ones I think never really had that and uh, it's because the codes like basically cuz like you said it, it's kind of people digging into the code and and kind of hacking it so they just need to find uh they need to find the specific code after the fact cuz like you can buy a game shark um without you know you could buy a game shark one year and then like Three years later, a game will come out and you could still get codes for it because it's just a matter of somebody's got to, you know, dig into it to find the right. It's like a DNA sequence. They have to find that right sequence to substitute out. So it switches things around. So,
1: yeah. In the uh, in the example of Goldeneye, one of the things that you could Mm -hmm. um, change the sequence to in the first level, the dam was you could create a or see an incredibly deep hole (laughs) It was one of the one of the listed features of the Game Shark for a Gold. <laughs> big was, asshole, <laughs> yeah, big asshole in the dam. There was also bouncing enemies and enemies go mad slash confused. Oh, that's fun. So, sky's the limit.
0: See, that would have been a good that would have been a good like cheat code where like the enemies are just hostile to everything. <laughs> so you start the you start the level and they're just constantly fighting everything. <laughs> That'd be. Fun. That's good.
2: Yeah. Let's use this as a segue. Let's go to our cheater section, and since we oh. all have Golden Eye on our list, let's talk about Golden Eye. What's your favorite cheats from Golden Eye as cheaters? Oh. Who who are you asking? There's why two of
0: good- us here.
1: <laughs> I'm not used to three people. Justin, why don't you go first? <laughs> um, well, just in the the cheats that you could unlock by being a badass at the game in general, um, and mine is i think one of the most basic i really enjoyed the paintball cheat that you could unlock it just made the game you know more colorful a little more fun you could kill people with paintballs apparently so that was fun and um you know you had the the donkey kong mode so they had uh, big heads small bodies but yeah it was paintball for me
0: paint paintball's a good one i honestly i'd use it to like you know because you couldn't tag people like you could in uh Counter-Strike and stuff where you spray on them so you can you can just write stuff with the paintballs yes. too. Yep, a lot of smiley faces. <laughs> <reasons. laughs> um I don't know. For me, I think uh, you know I for one, I'm always blown away how long it took for the actual button codes for this game to come out. Because it was several years after release before people actually discovered all the actual cheat codes. But uh, my favorite is actually the the really long, like thirty-button code that you have to put in to unlock all like extra developer characters in the in the character select menu because it pretty much like almost more than doubled the roster. Yeah, I mean it's just generic-looking people because it's just the developers, so they're not. But there was another short guy to compete with Odd Job in that mix. So that was that was always my favorite part because then you could always kind of bend the rules where I said someone said no Odd Job. You could be like, all right, I'm going to be like
1: Mr. Larry, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) So that that's my favorite code for it or cheat. Obviously paintball is fun. um, But our
2: our family favorite for that was uh, putting in the two times weapons code. And we always went with two times throwing knives because it just made the game a little more fun to have to run around uh, hucking knives on the ground and hucking knives at each other. I mean, two times Golden Gun is weird, but still kind of fun. I mean, if you like that kind of one-shot kill thing. But two times, you know, like RCPR 90 was lots of fun. Two times Grenade Launchers. But we always came back to two times
0: Throwing Knives. Throwing Knives is fun. It reminds me... uh, The first thing I thought of when I saw the newest John Wick movie where he's in the hallway and he has to fight all these guys with a bunch of like knives and swords and stuff that are up in the wall. I'm like, Oh, I played that in Goldeneye before. (laughs) Cause it's literally just three guys, just like hucking all these like bladed weapons at each other. And yeah, that's fun. I like that. I like the throwing knives, but yeah, no, there, there's like all the stuff that you could unlock with um, uh, actual progressing through the game. They they almost all had a button code that did not come out for years later. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I said, it it was everyone was kind of shocked. They're like, because I think I think it was actually one of the developers that leaked it too. They're like, hey, how have you guys not found this yet? But yeah, no, there's there's tons of button codes for GoldenEye now too. So. I don't, know, I don't know if you enter them, if they actually become part of the save file, so you might have to do it every time, but, uh, but they are available to do a more traditional cheat.
2: We'll have to test it when we get to reviewing it, but I'm pretty certain my copy of GoldenEye is the same one that I've had for like 10 years now, so <laughs> I'll have to delete <laughs> a very, or get another copy of the game, I suppose that's probably a better idea.
0: You know, I don't know if I actually own a copy of Golden just because I have Perfect Dark and it's the better game, so I was fine with that.
2: But, Should get that uh, dig in, even on the uh, special yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Always.
0: I don't even know if Perfect Dark had any cheats. I mean, it had stuff you could unlock, but I don't know if it did have cheats because it was good on its own. It was. Uh, well, that's a that's a I think a very good transition. To what we're trying to do with the second part of this episode, where we're going to talk about our three favorite cheater games for cheaters.
1: Um, we didn't that really might not to... necessarily be on the Nintendo sixty four, right? Because we we didn't clarify when we made our list. <laughs> because <laughs> let's let's be honest, cheating knows no bounds,
0: right? Cheating is a truly cross-platform experience. And honestly, the this, this is like the fifth console generation total or whatever. I think it's the fifth. It's the fourth or fifth generation. But um, this is really kind of as good as it got for cheat codes in terms of uh, the PlayStation 1 uh, N64 era. Because after that, things started to go downhill because we're not far away from going online. And once you add online into things, cheating becomes kind of a big no, no. So, but, uh, I guess I'll kick it off with my, my top three cheating games for cheaters. And my list is super Mario brothers, three star Wars, episode one racer. And I've, you know you could pick any Mortal Kombat game I picked Mortal Kombat Trilogy just to give it An N64 copy Those are those are My three favorites I don't know if we want to Talk about it or if we just want yeah. to give our Lists okay well I mean Super Mario Brother 3 that one I mean I've never played Through legitimately Level 1 to level 8 In Super Mario Brothers without skipping any parts so, so Are you saying
1: the warp whistle is cheating Absolutely Huh? Do you not think it's cheating? I mean, it. I, I never felt like a cheater, but I always played it like that. Um, See, I did too.
0: And we missed out. We missed out on some some very good levels, like the entire Giant Land. Great level. Yeah. We never play it.
2: <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody blows the warp whistle and then goes one level ahead. I so, mean, yeah,
1: right?
2: no. <laughs> it's the same with the, your... the boss. Oh yeah, just gonna get to that. Get to the last flying ship.
0: Oh, you know, I'm doubling up on those whistles and I'm just going straight to eight. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What else do you have on your list?
2: What was the second you got? Mario Brothers? You got Mortal Kombat. Oh. Let's talk about that.
0: Mortal Kombat. Well, Mortal Kombat Trilogy specifically has like button codes that you enter in because you can unlock uh, human smoke and you can unlock chameleon. But it also had all of those, um, you know, the three, the, the pictures that you could change before each fight. They were like, 20 30 of those codes in there it didn't have anything as iconic as the blood code for genesis it was a b a c a b b (laughs) but uh but you know like i said that's kind of been mortal Kombat's thing from the get-go has been just secrets and cheats and all that stuff so i just think i think uh adding those those little before the before the fight codes there is kind of the highlight of, of the system and where it went with cheats because it's like here we're telling you right now you can just cheat if you get these buttons right <laughs> so that was that was always a cool thing for me like I said because Mortal Kombat is just full of that stuff now I mean the modern ones um, you have the um, there's like the crypt system or whatever it is where you, you earn points and then you just unlock things that would normally be part of a cheat code but now they, they make you work for it so not like the good old days back in my day, we didn't have to play the games to beat the games. We just cheated.
1: And I love the fact that um, in, in the most useless parts of our memories uh, with playing video games, that we remember these codes and sequences from games that were <laughs> early '90s <laughs> at best. Hey, that
0: blood code, A B A C A B B made the Mortal Kombat One for Sega Genesis outsells Super Nintendo five to one. Ooh. And that's that's like a legit stat. Like and it was purely because of the blood code, because I don't think Nintendo had one. So so yeah. Sega with their with their edgy, cool, hardcore blood and gore Ahead
1: managed to a,
0: managed to sell us all on violence and now we're all just school shooters and stuff or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so your third one was pod racer what cheats you like from that well i mean it was mostly unlocking uh uh hidden characters like you could race as like Jin urso i forgot the other person you could race as um but there was a like you get six pit droids and stuff like that but the the big the big uh heavy cheat for that one was getting Sabalba's racer because you could vent the uh you could, you could purge the vents and have the flamethrower that Sabalba had because, as we all know, Sabalba always wins. Because he's a cheater. He's just a cheater. Like us. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, believe me, you don't think I was going to actually play Hexen straight through without putting God mode on, did you?
2: <laughs> I mean, I did, but I knew you were going to talk about cheat. So, yeah, I just watched the watched end of the, the game. the second <laughs>
0: half. You didn't even play the hard parts. Yeah, that's not cheating. That's being lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't Let's Plays just cheats for for everybody? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Cheats for lazy people who can't
0: do eight-digit button combinations.
2: Yep. All right. Good top three. I love it. All right, Justin, give us your three.
1: All right. Well, by my first favorite cheat wasn't actually in a video game. It was in middle school when I would intercept my um, progress reports and then create a template in Microsoft Excel and change all my grades. But Brilliant. That, yeah. But that <laughs> led me to kind of adapt the same mindset into some of the video games I was playing at the time. And the first one that goes back to kind of the same era is Warcraft 2 Battle.net edition. And that was for the PC. And it's a real-time strategy game, like a lot of those uh, Warcraft games were. And you would type in glittering prizes, get unlimited money, a lot of invincibility cheats, you know, the the typical stuff that could just allow you to overtake the enemy pretty quick. Um, Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction was a game I spent way too much time on.
0: I (laughs) shout out to
1: Mousepad for the map hack. Um, and then a lot of bots that you'd run to, while well, you weren't even playing the game, you could just run a bot to oh yeah, the same enemy over and over and it. Pindle bot. And it pick up Pindle bot. Yeah. <laughs> pick, up all, pick up all the good stuff. And you'd come home after school and like, all right, what'd we get? And then, um, my third would be pretty much any grand theft auto game. You just roll that roll through some combos on the buttons and the joystick, and you'd come out with all the guns that you needed. Get those cops off you. Unlimited life, you know, but that—that's pretty much my list.
0: You know, GTA is an interesting one because uh, that's one of the few games that still has cheats in it. Like, if you go on like the new games, you you pick up the cell phone or whatever, you can dial things in, and there are still cheats in that game. And it's that's a cool thing that Rockstar still does with with uh, Grand Theft Auto because as, as advanced as that game gets, it still has like a very old school feel to the. Oh, yeah. how it kind of presents itself it's interesting that you mentioned uh, diablo because i i remember i remember a friend uh that we played diablo with that that found a really interesting cheat where they found out they could sell their uh Diablo account <laughs> and re- and recover the password through the email <laughs> and, and sell it again. Now I don't want to say who who that was, but I knew I knew a guy that I still tell stories of the legendary. I wonder what Jeez. he's doing right now. <laughs> that was a. That was my favorite favorite cheat for Diablo was let's see what Pindle got, how much how much Pindlebot made on eBay today.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. God eBay bless. has
2: has since updated their terms of service. And uh <laughs> rightly so. Rightly yeah. so. They protect the, protect the buyer now by quite a bit, but yeah. I, we all knew that we all knew that story. Simpler times. <laughs> yes.
0: Thank, well, yeah, we all thank Elon Musk for
1: PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> How about you, Mike? What's your list?
2: Well, I went with sixty six percent Nintendo sixty four games because you know that's sixty six percent of the games I own. So um, my number one game was Turok. Uh yeah. The original Turok had just a myriad of codes. You could stick with the god mode one, which gave you like like 38 different things, all weapons, you know, infinite everything. Yeah, the big cheat. And
1: GTH, DGD, CRT, DTRK. Useless knowledge.
2: (laughs) 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 But yeah, show all enemies. That was terrible. Like that ruined the game for you. Spirit mode on that. You know, you could go into the like where you're like a ghost all the time so you were just walking through walls um you didn't even have to play that game because yeah. you could just once you put that code in you could pick which level you're going to with which weapon you could uh dumb down the life on the enemies you could you know infinite every and then obviously you could turn on disco mode and make it fun while you were torching the enormous praying mantis boss <laughs> or you know whatever you were going to do uh but great game I spent way too much money on that game. I will always, always remember spending a hundred, my entire hundred dollar birthday money from my parents on that single game, being ninety nine ninety nine at the Walmart. That was still blows no, my mind. Yep. Yeah, it's. I will never spend that much money on a new game ever again. I almost don't buy new games even when I want them. Now I will wait until the first price drop because I'm so irritated at how expensive brand new video games are. But they'll never be that bad again, right? Unless I buy a Saints Row 5 with, you know, it comes with an Uzi and and God knows what else. But yeah. those collector's yeah. editions get expensive.
1: With Turok, um, some of those cheats that you could put in, I mean, they had a cheat option right at the opening screen. Um, a lot of those cheats were just the develop some of the developers' names without vowels. Yep. yep. <laughs> Great. Turok i always too had a had
0: a really long one too like their god mode code or whatever was like a whole sentence <laughs> and i forgot what it was but they always love when the
2: game is like knows that you're going to cheat so just makes it words so they're easier to remember
1: right <laughs> so that's a game i'm excited for you guys to play and review hopefully the the loud jar brings it up pretty soon Turok? it won't yeah. because
2: you talked about it oh shit
0: It only listens to Alvin. So, unless he's. (laughs) No, reality listens to me. So, anytime I really want to do something or play something, reality's like, hey, how about we just reboot it? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, do that. (laughs) Give me everything I've wanted since 1996, please. No, it's great. (laughs) Funny you say that because I just saw
2: that the other night that Toe Jam and Earl got a re got a reboot for the switch now i have to buy that it's only like 39 bucks it's a complete redo of the original toe jam and earl for sega with better graphics gotta play that gotta play that um yeah go ahead
0: oh no i i I just didn't know anything about that Toe, toe jam and earl remake I think it was li- originally just going to be a
2: limited run thing, you know, cause they like to like, I I'm, don't get me started on limited run games and their website and what they do the gaming. But um, I think it was going to be just them. And then it got a full release. Cause there's actually like three different covers you can get. And so it's actually not that expensive where a lot of times you have to go to limited run games. You have to put a pre-order in and then still pay 40 plus dollars. And if you don't get one, on their limited run now you're uh, you're at like a hundred bucks plus on ebay the second that the game comes out if you didn't get one and i hate that i hate i hate limited run for what it is because a lot of times it's good games like there's in fact they redid turok for the switch you can get all three turok games on a like a triple pack or maybe it's a double pack maybe it's just one and two but good luck getting that for a price that you want to pay on the Switch because it was a limited run game.
1: So. Are they graphically enhanced?
2: I don't know because I, I didn't bother buying them because I didn't get a pre-order.
0: So <laughs> Fair. Wow, that's, that's kind of lame. I just wait for it to come on digital. You would think that Nintendo
2: would then do that knowing that the game does exist. They would you know, do a digital release, but we'll see. Um, so, number two on my list is Rogue Squadron. So, another Star Wars game. This one we played the shit out of when I was a kid, and this code was huge. So, um, it, once again, they had a god mode, uh, all everything, but you could also do harder levels. So, it's kind of like a reverse cheater thing because you could do it, go back again with different ships and then harder levels. Um, but the reason the two, re- I guess the two reasons I included this one for nostalgia value is one, you could unlock a uh, tattoo racing level, which I'm pretty certain was cheat codes only was the, the way that you could get through that. And then the number two, this one is near and dear to my heart because using a cheat code, you could turn your V-wing into a Buick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, then, wait, 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 wait. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. You know what? They actually included that Buick. In a lot of different games because of that Buick, I think it was like a Buick Electra, is actually um, like one of the developers' actual cars. So they put that in like four different games. (laughs) That's funny, though. I forgot all about that Buick
2: yes and it would I would say I'm going to say 9 out of 10 times it would crash the game like as soon as you got the Buick and too (laughs) big of a firefight the game would freeze you have to start over and then decide if you're going to put the Buick code back in again and and risk stopping the game a second and third time and it was always worth it every single time beautiful vehicle yeah (laughs) we've all owned Buicks right oh yeah right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah actually I did
2: (laughs) yes um, so my original game three was an N64 game. And then we talked about this pre thing and I switched it to a Sega game. So the Sega game that I picked because I know this code by heart is Vector man, because once again, Sega guys, uh, Abba down Abba. So A B B A down A B B A uh, was the debug code for Vector man, which lets you screw the entire game and do whatever the fuck you wanted. You could, uh, you could warp around using, uh, like, coordinates on the map. You could, you know, all weapons, all in, invincibility, invisibility, all the things, level skips. But this one was especially fun, too, because this is the only game I remember as a kid where there was a physical way to cheat at the game, like something you had to do. when At the beginning of the game, Vectorman drops down on the top of the screen while the Sega logo, the iconic blue and white sega of shining logo was still there and you could run around the screen shooting much like you do on like load screens now but if you shot the sega logo exactly 24 times and then jumped and hit it with your head 12 times the letters sega in that same blue shiny thing would start falling out of the top of the screen the sky essentially huh. so it turned into a mini game and if you caught i think it was 90 because it they dropped like a hundred and. 20 or 130 Sega letters. If you caught 90 of them, you got to start the game with no cheats, but at level five. And then if you caught over 100, or maybe it was 110, something like that, you got to start the game on level 10, which is way closer to the ending of the game. And it was like a physical reward for you doing something stupid at the beginning of the game, but you still had to play the game like normal. But that's the only one I remember where it took like a mini game hidden in the game, and it allowed you to be rewarded with a cheat based on how well you play the minigame.
0: Wow. I knew about the minigame. I didn't know it actually gave you anything. So that's, that's kind of fun. In Mortal Kombat Trilogy, if you played 50 multiplayer games, you got to play, like, Galaga or something like one one game of Galaga. and
2: I, f- I feel like I remember that too
0: there's there's a there... there's a minigame at 50 and then there's a minigame at a hundred and I don't remember which was which but
1: and see listening to all of this really backs up my opinion that the warp whistle for Mario World 3 is not a cheat <laughs> <laughs>
0: well okay If if we're not going to count that as a cheat, I think it's a cheat because it's hidden. But we'll 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 say it's It's not a cheat. Then I'm going to. Well, I'm kind of putting all in the same basket there because I mean, if you talk about that, then a lot of the uh, Grand Theft Auto codes aren't cheats either. Well, if you're button
1: bashing like a wild man, you're going to find a cheat.
0: But um, if if we're not going to let me count Super Mario Brothers three, then I'm going to count uh. For The original Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, you can actually control the ducks with the second controller. Oh, okay, there you go. Which All is also way. kind of a secret, but not many people knew it, and it was great for uh, antagonizing younger siblings <laughs> who did not know that that was a thing you could actually do. Or if you really wanted to make the game super easy, you could just hold one direction and you knew which direction the duck was going to go and
1: get it every time or it's like if you were playing the uh the um olympic game or whatever it is like track running and you had like that power pad that you had to sprint on (laughs) you could just smash it with your hands really fast yep (laughs) and that begs the question will there be another game besides dance dance revolution (laughs) that incorporates some kind of floor pad (laughs) god i hope not me neither well, now, now we got everything with like VR and stuff like that. True.
0: And and some of the like there are really advanced VR setups where you actually like walk on sort of a treadmill type thing. I mean, in theory, if it's real time, if you could find a way to accelerate it really fast, you could <laughs> poten- potentially run super fast if you brought in, I don't know, like a moped and stuck, a, stuck the wheel on it. <laughs> A high-level cheat. When you have to buy like actual like motor vehicles to do the cheat, yeah. you might as well just do real life then. Just fill the living room with exhaust fumes. Worth it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the like. I don't think I honestly don't think DDR will ever die. At least based on how many I see at the existing arcades. In the area where we live, like I, there'll always be a new version, right? I don't think it's ever, or, and even if there isn't a new version, there'll always be like revamps of the old versions, and there's always gonna be pe- people who play those. I know somebody personally who has one of those full metal DDR setups for home. Damn. I could never, I would never invest that much space in my floor for a DDR thing when a dual Cruising USA cabinet or full silent scope cabinet exists in my head, in my basement of whatever house it goes into. But there are people who will play
1: it forever, I imagine. Yeah. Well if I, mean, I ever find a Hydro Thunder arcade, that's going in the basement. That's a good one.
0: <laughs> I mean, the the rhythm games and stuff like that aren't really as big on the home market anymore, but there are still a lot of people who play them like like versions of uh, like Guitar Hero and stuff like that. They play them on on PC. There's pretty much like a a, a freeware type thing now, where people make their own uh, to different songs, and you know they upload YouTube videos and stuff like that. Honestly, DDR would be one of those things that's perfect for like streaming and things like that. So I'm surprised that nobody has really tried to bring it back. Um, I think it's partially because they haven't found a way to make VR as. Uh, I don't know, watcher friendly. I mean, if you get a stream of the, what they're actually seeing, that's one thing. But like, if you talk about like the connect and things like that, uh, they could have very well had had uh, rhythm games on that, and there are they do exist, but they haven't reached quite the popularity level that things like DDR had. So I, I think I think uh, the future with the, that is going to come into how virtual reality managed to capitalize on it, and I just. I don't know if we're quite quite there with that technology yet. Mostly because it it takes so much extra equipment and stuff you have to buy to even play it even on console. So, Right. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know if there is an arcade cabinet other than Silent Scope that's a must-buy for me. I mean, some of the racing ones are fun. But I don't know. The... the console based steering wheels have come a long way too so i never felt the need to get a whole cabinet i've seen all sorts of setups where people have made their own that yeah. are just as good as any sort of arcade one would be so we went we went off a little bit of a tangent not as big D- as usual this is D- game D- stuff you could cheat yeah. on you could you could cheat on ddr if you uh, had somebody else there slapping the things on it when (laughs) when they had to if you were a Siamese twin (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the only only game that requires like birth defects to to (laughs) truly cheat at or if you're like born with a sixth finger you could use the Nintendo 64 controller in an accurate way as it was designed
1: (laughs) it's futuristic it's ahead of its time for that reason
0: right It's (laughs) it's yeah. like <laughs> it, they, they came back from the future and they're like wait how long is it going to take to get that third hand <laughs> and here we are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> waiting <laughs> just waiting for the apocalypse where maybe it won't be nuclear maybe it'll be like a some sort of like the the cure to covid-19 is going to be like gen, gene therapy and it's going to mutate everybody to have extra limbs
2: Maybe we'll be extra strong, too, so you can stop bitching about the rumble pack.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Well, I can't help it that you like having 14 batteries taped to the back of your already awkward <laughs> controller.
2: I can't help it. You don't like feedback for how well you're doing at a racing game. So,
0: You know what? Since we, we're talking about controllers and stuff right now, you know another fun way to cheat are any controller that had, like, auto fire.
1: Oh yeah, turbo mode and stuff.
0: Yep. That was that was my biggest Sega Genesis cheat thing because there were a lot of games where you actually had to like like a lot of the um, like shoot 'em up games and stuff like that, you actually had to tap the button to fire and stuff like that, but not if you had turbo. Or even actually,
2: on Mortal Kombat, your favorite game doing the ice block break and the steel break and the brick break or oh, yeah. tappy games. And if you had a turbo controller, send that. Send that meter sky high.
0: Yep. You know my favorite my favorite game to use the cheat controller on was though was the Sega Genesis Jurassic Park game. Because you could just fire off like the Trank Darts like in just a constant stream of it. Like it was like Ghostbusters like thing looking. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it was just one solid beam. Cause as fast as you push that button, you could fire those darts. Well, so before that...
1: the turbo button, there was the pro tip where you use your thumb, you turn it over so your thumbnail's on the button, and then you just shimmy your hand back and forth really fast. Oh yeah, yeah. So less, <laughs> a lot less friction. Yep, Take that was the big kids.
0: That's that's how in in Final Fantasy VIII, that's how you could boost up the uh, the summon bonus. The guardian force, yeah. Yep,
1: just... that's exactly what I was referring to. I just didn't <laughs> want to drop the reference. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. I know where your head's at. Hell yeah. And then, and then there's always uh, the ever-present Mario Party where... Oh, God. The, the joystick runer.
1: Yeah.
2: I have one to do a special episode on that. We probably will have to do one because there's a whole folklo- uh, folklore behind that. Um, ruining hands and then a... Class action lawsuit filed in New York, and then people getting free gloves because of palm injuries, and it's worth an episode to listen to, to a bunch of shit about that. So,
1: now were those gloves like specialized or like branded in any way, or was it just like uh, your Walmart cotton? <laughs> <bitten>? <laughs>
2: it's it's. I have seen a pair. They look like weightlifting gloves, like fingerless weightlifting gloves that nice. just covered the palm of your hand, and they didn't look like they're branded at all. Like. Nintendo, because apparently they gave away like over a million pair of them to people. Because you got four pair every time you called in to, to the number. So,
1: <laughs> what if they so, were all new old stock power gloves? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I would get a blister for that. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. I I didn't think you had to prove that you hurt yourself. You just had to have a copy of the receipt for buying Mario Party One, and then
1: it was about yeah. to happen
2: yeah oh yeah my palms are on fire
0: Wow Nintendo has had a, a long sad history of pissing people off with their controllers <laughs> huh <laughs> to this day with a joy con <laughs> yeah. the rage the rage cons which I finally got yeah. replaced the
1: rage cons, yeah
0: <laughs> uh, honestly stores finally have them if you need it go now because Walmart has them gamestop has them they have them now so Apparently they started making the components in China again so get your get your Joy-Cons now before they run out again. But uh yeah. but no, I, Nintendo's actually like willing to fix those too, but you have to like mail it in and go through all that and oh, for yeah, me yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, "Eh, I'm going to get a new one just buy the warranty and keep replacing it every 6 months." Yep. Until GameStop tells me no more they go out of business.
2: Which might also be six months. Who knows? I know. You I never know. Well,
0: that's that's why I didn't, that's why I haven't pre-ordered a new console yet, because <laughs> I'm like, uh, what are you gonna do with my six hundred bucks if uh, you're not a business in
1: in December? So I noticed you got a lot of plywood being shipped by your windows. Uh. <laughs> I
0: noticed you cut your hours down like thirty percent. What's up with that? Yeah everything must go. I'm actually looking forward to the death of the chain game store because then we can hopefully see the rise of the indie game store because yeah it, it needs to have a resurgence. I it already kind of has a little bit at yeah. least in our area so it's it's good to see it's good to see that coming back and that's probably I bet you that's part of the reason why these damn retro games are still so expensive at the moment. Because there's actual businesses buying them.
2: We are also just lucky in this area. I didn't know how lucky we were where we live because, you know, we're not in some like cultural metropolis, you know, in Wisconsin here. But um, on one of the national pages, we were just talking about resurfacing games. I was talking to somebody about resurfacing games. He's like, where can I go to get games resurfaced? I'm like, what do you mean? Where can you go? Like, don't you have like a local game store? He's like, not within like 50 miles i'm like well do you i'm like do you have a i'm like do you have a family video and he's like those still exist i'm like shit we got two within (laughs) within 10 minutes of me i'm like maybe it's just because we live where we live is is so like devoid of things but yeah family video still resurfaces games he's like man you sound like you have all the options in the world and i can't i can't send my games to a Private person and ship them back for less than ten dollars a reservice. So, so. Yeah. if you leave, if
1: you leave now, you can get there before they shut their doors forever and turn into a. Dog. <laughs> Now nah,
2: they sell CBD oil. Now they're they're branching out. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And this is just a shout out. I'm offering anyone fifty dollars PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App to anyone who eats one of those three foot long gummy snakes. <laughs> the CBD gummy snakes? They have a three foot long one? Oh god! If they incorporate CBD, I might just take my own bet on that. But uh, as, far as, I, as far as I know, they're just straight up raw, non CBD. You won't oh, have to be relaxed at all.
0: I uh, was gonna say you'd have to be super stressed for that. You just
2: race somebody eating the gummy steak against somebody drinking a gallon of milk because essentially you're going to get the same byproduct
0: at the end of this bet, anyways. Yeah. No public restroom. Yeah. (laughs) And there ain't no cheat for that. Nope. (laughs) All right. Well, Well, Justin. This season, guys. Yeah, thank you for all of the support because you were our biggest hype man from pre-episode one. So yeah, that was. I'm excited
1: for more stuff from you guys, and um, yeah, when you guys start deciding to do uh, giveaways and stuff like that, uh, y'all know I I hustle that stained glass with a lot of Nintendo themes, so I'll be supplying some of that stuff, and um, hopefully that gets out to some of the listeners as well.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say, do you want to plug anything? Do you have like a website, or Are you you doing this
1: um, professionally? I down a little bit, just because I I got a kid at home, and during the summer I kind of slowed down on my creations. But there's still so I I bust out some triforces, pokeballs, stuff like that, um, pretty regularly. Uh, my Etsy page is Fur Trader. That's with uh, F I R as in the pine tree, because uh, I'm super creative. Uh, so <laughs> Fur Trader, yeah. On Etsy, and then uh, Facebook Marketplace. You know, you can find me um, stained glass, and I put a lot of stuff out there too. So, cool. That's that's my plug. Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> thank you.
2: And yep, we so this obviously we record this a little ahead of time. It's not like we're not releasing it today, but we're when this episode releases. Anybody who's not a f- fan of the Facebook page for whatever reason not forcing you, but we're going to do a giveaway on there, and probably something of Justin's will be included. We've got some stickers. I've got extra games. We're going to just do a, a like and share thing to commemorate our first season and give some stuff away, so make sure you like the Facebook page, because the weekend that this episode releases, we'll also be giving away some Pharaoh Wiz's garbage.
0: Finally. <laughs> after After much promising of giveaways, we're actually going to do it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it away. You get a Madden ninety eight.
1: You get a meta.
2: <laughs> we're just gonna give away some games we reviewed. I got some extra copies of some of the first season games.
1: Yeah, play so. along.
2: Yep. Play along a season late. Or if somebody wins and you know, I don't think anybody who's listening to this podcast doesn't have, you know, Extreme G, but maybe they don't. Or maybe they don't have a copy of Extreme G that's got our score wrote on the back of it ruining all resale value so
1: <laughs> did you write it with a big crayon <laughs> i haven't wrote the it yet but now
2: yeah but now crayon is an option right we we could carve
0: it into it yeah <laughs>
2: burn it we could we could start branding all of our games there you go
0: do you have a piece of the do you have a piece of the former big jar left <laughs> I, th- I send some broken glass with it too. <laughs> you are joking, but yes, I do because I
2: refuse to.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I refuse to empty that garbage in my bathroom. No, that's I just like refuse. It's like
1: the Nickelodeon guts eggroll, Craig. Really, <laughs> yeah.
0: I can see him at the bottom of
2: the new loud jar still. So it's it's <laughs> oh, not okay. my choice. It's because I never I never did a good job of picking the glass pieces out from the desirable glass pieces that hold all of the games. So
1: yeah, at the end of all this, the end of the all the games being reviewed, your last <laughs> game will be band aiding bloody fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And there's no cheats for that. <laughs>
0: no cheats for that.
2: I mean maybe I'll find score a score pair of the gloves and I can wear them while I uh, clean out the bottom of the jar.
0: Well, you can sue Nintendo and get a get a new pair of gloves. <laughs> yeah, hey. <laughs> hey.
2: Yeah. See if I see if I can find a receipt. That's probably easier to find than a sealed copy of Mario Party. So.
0: <laughs>
2: probably. All right. You want
0: to call it an episode?
2: Let's do it to it. Yep. Thanks for coming, Justin. He is Thanks our for third, having me. I appreciate it. He's our third Pharaoh Wizard. He always acts like we're the ones doing all the work, but he does just as much work as us and is just as important to this show as we are. We're going to try to get him more involved in the future. This isn't the only time you're going to hear from him. So
1: Yeah, when and... you play Majora's Mask, I'm going to be on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm calling it out right now.
0: And as for when we're going to get back, um, I mean, we might take a couple of weeks. We'll probably record up a couple episodes so we're ready to go. But uh, we won't be gone for too long. This is just one season. We're going to take a little break and then we'll be back at it. So thanks for listening. Thanks.
1: for Bye.
2: Listening.
1: Bye.